Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good morning. It's Monday. Congress holds off a government shutdown. For now, it is October 2nd. This is today. Kicking the can. Lawmakers coming together at the 11th hour to keep the government open with a short-term deal that sets the stage for another showdown in a matter of weeks. Republican hardliners now threatening to oust the House Speaker. Let's get over with it and let's start governing. We'll have the very latest live from Capitol Hill. Trump on trial, the former president's business empire on the line as his civil fraud trial begins in New York today. Trump promising to be in the courtroom on opening day. We will break it down. Desperate search, a nine-year-old girl vanishes on a bike ride in a New York State Park. Police fearing she was kidnapped and in imminent danger, issuing an Amber Alert. No branch, no table, no cabin, unturned. We will have the very latest. Unprecedented walkouts, the auto worker strike enters its third week with no signs of a deal, while hospitals from coast to coast brace for what could be the largest health care strike in U.S. history, who's threatening to hit the picket lines and the potential impact on millions of Americans. All that plus late night laughs. They're coming back after going dark for five months during the writer's strike, which you can expect and what it could mean for the ongoing actor's strike. And the Jet Set. The New York Jets hosting the Chiefs and music royalty. Taylor cheering on Travis Kelsey alongside some famous friends. And Team Swift and Chiefs Nation rejoice. Uh, He's a Swifty and I like football now. In a game much closer than expected. We'll have all the highlights today, Monday, October 2nd, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today on this Monday morning. Glad you're starting your week with us. A second game that Taylor attends for Travis Kelsey. Congratulations to Team Swift and the Chiefs. I mean, Team Swift and the Chiefs. Exactly, to everyone. Uh, We begin, though, with that crisis narrowly averted. The clock is already ticking, though, once again on another government shutdown. Yeah, remember when we left you on Friday, the government shutdown seemed all but inevitable. Take a live look, though. Places like Shenandoah National Park in Virginia, a little hazy, but open for business. Millions of families who worried they would go without paychecks are breathing a sigh of relief after Congress passed that 11th hour deal. But it comes amid growing fallout. The solution is temporary and Congress could well find itself in the exact same position in just another six weeks. The move may have cost House Speaker Kevin McCarthy his leadership position. Far-right members are upset about how he handled the bipartisan deal, so lots to discuss with NBC's Garrett Haig. Joining us from Capitol Hill, hi Garrett, good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. It really was a wild weekend on Capitol Hill with a shutdown looking all but certain when we got up on Saturday morning, but then a bipartisan breakthrough, mounting drama, and at the 11th hour, a presidential signature avoiding what would have been a self-made crisis. But now that drama continues with the House Speaker forced to defend his decisions and his gavel. This morning, a government shutdown sidestepped for now. 
Congress passing an extension of federal funding for 45 days, President Biden signing the bipartisan bill late Saturday night, just before the midnight deadline. On Sunday, pushing lawmakers to seek a long-term deal quickly. I strongly urge my Republican friends in Congress not to wait. But even the short-term bill's path to passage was a rocky one, a bipartisan plan only emerging after Republicans failed on Friday to pass a party-line bill. Speaker McCarthy on Saturday shifting course and courting Democratic votes. There has to be an adult in the room. I am going to govern which what is best for this country. Then, as Republicans rushed the bill to the floor, New York Democrat Jamal Bowman pulled a fire alarm on Capitol Hill, later calling it an accident. Republicans accusing him of attempting to delay the vote and calling for punishment. It's very dangerous. Um, I don't know what happened. And the drama doesn't end with final passage. Florida Republican Matt Gates now planning to force a vote to remove McCarthy this week for what he says is a long list of broken promises. I think we need to this rip week. off the Band-Aid. The one thing everybody has in common is that nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. The speaker firing back. Yes, I'll survive. He's more interested in securing TV interviews than doing something. All right. So a lot of bad blood up there, Garrett. But I mean, what, do, what do we think? When might there be a vote that would oust him? How might it play out? Could he survive it? He might. Uh, Congressman Gates says he'll start this process this week. There's a two-day window then to hold the vote after he does. And while there are certainly other conservatives upset at the speaker, most House Republicans do still support Kevin McCarthy. So it really comes down to what Democrats decide to do. Do they vote to get rid of a Republican speaker who they don't trust in exchange for a different Republican who they don't know? Or do they vote to keep the speaker that they did just work with to fund the government? It is the big question we'll be chasing on Capitol Hill this week, Savannah. Yeah, and if McCarthy could survive it, that leverage that that wing of the Republican Party has over him would all but disappear, one imagines. Exactly. Garrett, thank you very much. California Governor Gavin Newsom has appointed a new senator to fill the seat of the late Dianne Feinstein. Alfonso Butler, she's the head of the group Emily's List, which works to elect Democratic women. She will be the third black woman to ever serve in the Senate, as well as the first openly LGBTQ person to represent California. Butler will serve until the winner of the state's next Senate election. That's November 2024. Feinstein died last week at the age of 90. Former President Trump is here in New York today vowing to appear in court for the start of the civil trial against him. It's been brought by the state's attorney general and accuses him, his adult sons and his company of fraud by overinflating values of their properties over the years when it suited them. NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett, is here to break it all down. Hi, Laura. Good morning. Hey, Savannah. Good morning to you. Mr. Trump is, of course, no stranger to legal jeopardy, but this one is different, guys, with the future of his business empire effectively on the line. Now, it's a civil case, and there is no jury, but the stakes are very high, with the judge already imposing a major legal blow. Overnight, Donald Trump arriving at Trump Tower, out of the trial in the city he once called home. It's a disgrace. The former president, his sons, and his namesake company facing a $250 million civil fraud suit brought by the state's attorney general accusing the Trump organization and its executives of overstating his properties and assets by billions, lying on their annual financial statements to get more favorable loan terms. It's a case four years in the making, kicked off after Michael Cohen, Mr. Trump's former fixer, said this in front of Congress. It was my experience that Mr. Trump inflated his total assets when it served his purposes. 
assets like his apartment at Trump Tower, accused of falsely claiming on financial statements it was 30,000 square feet, when in fact it's a little under 11,000. Mr. Trump has denied all wrongdoing, often accusing the Attorney General Tish James, a Democrat, of weaponizing her office against him, including when he sat for depositions in this case. This whole thing is very unfair. While his lawyers have argued his lenders never lost any money, the judge overseeing the case didn't buy it, concluding Ms. James's office had proven fraud. Writing in a decision last week, Mr. Trump's financial statements clearly contain fraudulent valuations, dismissing his lawyers' claims as, quote, a fantasy world, not the real world. Judge Angeron even canceling the business certificates that allow Mr. Trump's companies to operate in the state. What now remains for trial? Allegations of falsifying business records, insurance fraud, and the size of any ultimate penalty. The state signaling it may call the former president to the witness stand. Now, if Mr. Trump takes the stand, the attorney general cannot force him to answer any questions. But if he pleads the fifth, she can ask the judge to make a negative inference about that. Meanwhile, Mr. Trump already taking to social media overnight to attack the judge overseeing this case, guys. The judge is not just overseeing. The judge will determine whether the Trump organization and Mr. Trump is liable or not. So what happens if he is found liable? What would that mean potentially for his businesses, for him personally? So if the attorney general gets what she wants, it would mark the end of the Trump organization as we know it. There would be a receiver that would effectively take control. And actually, if they get the judgment, the $250 million, they would probably have to liquidate assets in order to pay that judgment. So it's a significant, significant stakes here. All right, Laura, thank you very much. Also this morning, guys, an urgent search is underway for a missing nine-year-old girl in upstate New York. Police say the fourth grader disappeared on a bike ride and believe she may have been abducted. NBC's Stephanie Goss joins us now with the very latest on this. Hey, Steph, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. Charlotte Senna was last seen on her bike Saturday evening. She was with her family and close friends on a weekend camping trip in Saratoga County, not far from her home. Now teams are searching by ground, air, and water, looking for any trace of this little girl. This morning, a desperate search is underway for nine-year-old Charlotte Senna, who police say may have been abducted while out biking in upstate New York. Over 100 law enforcement and volunteers searching for the little girl on the ground and from the air. We are leaving no stone, no branch, no table, no cabin, unturned. Police issued an Amber Alert Sunday morning after her parents reported Charlotte missing during a family camping trip. When we couldn't find her here, it was uh, quite possible that uh, an abduction had taken place. Authorities say Charlotte was last seen around 6.15 Saturday evening in Moreau Lake State Park, riding her bike in the campground's Loop A with her close friends. That's when the fourth grader decided to go around one last time by herself before the sun went down. But 15 minutes later, she still had not returned to the campsite. Her parents knew immediately something was up. They called her name. People started searching. People from other campgrounds joined. Police say Charlotte's bike was recovered along Lupe at 6.45 p.m. Her mother called 911. Our Bureau of Criminal Investigation has been conducting interviews with those in the park. Her family telling NBC News, we just want her returned safely like any parent would. No tip is too small. They say their little girl always looked out for others with a kindness that attracted so many friends. Hopefully there'll be a reunion. Hopefully there'll be a family that has been traumatized but is reunited. 
Yeah, we certainly hope so. Moreau Lake State Park posted on Facebook. The park is closed until further notice, writing in part for everyone asking what they can do to help. Please stay off the trails and away from Moreau. Leave all searching to the professionals. We cannot imagine what that mother's going mm. through. Makes your heart sick. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Stephanie, Stephanie, thank you. Thank you. The United Auto Workers strike is now in its third week. The union expanding its historic walkout against two of the nation's big three car companies. And this morning, an even larger strike is looming now in the healthcare industry. NBC's Jesse Kirsch is covering both stories for us. Jesse, good morning. So where does it stand now between the UAW and the big three automakers? Yes, yeah, Savannah, good morning. Right now, the stalemate continues. You can see outside of this Stellantis facility in the Cleveland area, We've still got picketers out here, horns honking this morning, and they've even got a fire going in the early morning hours because it's chillier out overnight. We've seen that at some of these locations now. But even though there are picketers here, the Jeep makers, Stellantis, actually averted getting further strike targeting on Friday. The union saying that that company made progress at the last minute, and Stellantis says there are still gaps to work through. Meanwhile, GM and Ford both hit with expanded strikes on Friday, and for Ford, that was in stark contrast to what had happened just a week earlier for that company when it had averted getting hit with further striking locations. The union's president telling me he believes that Ford went backwards in bargaining. Meanwhile, Ford CEO says he believes that the union at this point is largely holding up a deal over electric vehicle battery plants. And you'll remember that EVs and the union's role in them are a concerning topic that has been underpinning a lot of these negotiations, and EVs could potentially require fewer jobs to be made, Savannah. Well, Jesse, uh, as you keep your eye on that strike, there's also word that potentially there could be a strike in the healthcare industry. What do you know? Yeah, this would potentially be a big one, Savannah. We're talking about roughly 75,000 healthcare workers at Kaiser Permanente. That's across multiple state stakes states who could be going on strike, excuse me, midweek without an agreement. That would be a three-day strike, potentially. This could be the largest healthcare worker strike in U.S. history. Workers are protesting what they call a short-staffing crisis. They're demanding better pay. They want better medical plans. And all this is happening with Kaiser Permanente, an organization that has dozens of hospitals, hundreds of medical care facilities across the country. The organization saying it has hired more than 50,000 frontline workers in the last two years and adding that it is, quote, optimistic that an agreement can be reached to avert this strike. But if there were picket lines, they could potentially include nurses, uh, pharmacists, lab technicians, therapists. And if this were to materialize, we're talking about the potential for issues with getting appointments to be held and for there to be longer wait times as well, Savannah. So definitely something to be keeping an eye on across the country this week. Oh, absolutely. Let us know, Jesse. Thank you very much. 714, a lot more to get to, including lottery fever. There is still time to snag a ticket for tonight's huge Powerball drawing the jackpot now, guys. Over $1 billion. Nobody hit it big <laughs> last Saturday night. That's the ninth largest lottery jackpot prize of all time, and that pot is climbing steadily. There were no winners since mid-July. Again, the odds, in case you're counting of winning, one in 292 million. I, I just giggle when you say the jackpot's one yeah. billion because it's almost like made up. It's, it's like, like one gajillion dollars. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. I know. All right. Well, we got Dylan Dreyer in for Al this morning. We're all wearing a little pink for yeah. Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Good morning. Absolutely. Good morning. It's hard to believe we're in October, and now we're finally going to get into some warmer weather around here. We've got this huge ridge in the jet stream, so we've got temperatures about 20 to 25 degrees above average to the east of it, and then you go to the west of where 
this trough is, and we've got temperatures well below average, 55 degrees for a high. That's it in Salt Lake City, but Minneapolis close to record today with a high of 88 degrees. Green Bay tomorrow gets up to 84. St. Louis in the 90s, Cleveland up to 80. Boston up to 80 degrees with lots of sunshine. Again, not what you expect for the beginning of October. We will start to get into some cooler temperatures as we get towards the end of the week. That also comes with the chance of some rain, too. Chicago drops to about 63 degrees by Friday. So since we are in early October now, the the forecast for the month looks like most of the country will see those above average temperatures from the West Coast. Skip the middle of the country where it's about average. And then the East Coast should see those warmer than average temperatures. As for precipitation, kind of explains why it could be a little cooler in the middle of the country, because that's where we're also expecting some wetter than average conditions. And it looks pretty dry for the month of October. Again, just a forecast uh, as we go through the next uh, 30 days or so. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan. Thank you. Still ahead. Mm -hmm. mentioned we can all expect Taylor at last night's Chiefs game against the Jets. She was there. She brought some of her besties, some famous besties. And Emily Aketa was right there. Well, outside. Anyway, hi, Em. Good morning. Good morning to you. Well, shall we say it was a tailor-made night for Swifties and football fans alike as the Chiefs edged out the Jets before a star-studded stadium. I can confirm, in case you haven't heard, Taylor Swift was in attendance. We've got the details coming up. Look forward to that, Emma. Plus, it's a big day for Hollywood. We'll take you inside tonight's return of your favorite late night shows as actors and studios get set to hold talks that could end the strike. But first, this is today on NBC. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users. According to Indeed data, need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com today. Just go to Indeed.com today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 730 new history Mm. from the always amazing Simone Biles. That vault that you just saw right there, it's called the Yurchenko Double Pike. And yesterday, Simone became the first woman to land it at the World Gymnastics Championships. Therefore, 
that new vault is now going to be called the Simone Biles. That's amazing. Because she nailed it like wow. she nails everything. It's just like I could watch that all day. How fast she gets, how high she She's gets. getting better. It's incredibly fantastic. She's getting better. By wow. She sits in first place in the does. all-around qualification and the women's team is going for the seventh title uh-huh. there. All right. Live so coverage on Peacock as up. per usual. We can watch it all yes, day. Yes, we can. Yes. Okay, let's turn to another closely watched sporting event. But was it watched another sports? Was it? Question. Uh, it was right here on NBC. We call it Sunday Night Football, Taylor's version. <laughs> the star made her second appearance in a row at a Kansas City Chiefs game, cheering on rumored boyfriend Travis Kelsey there with her friends. His Chiefs hanging on to beat the Jets 23-20. to 20. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about the big night for the football fans of the Swifties with this man, Mike <laughs> Tirico. But first, NBC's Emily Aketa. You were right there, Emily, in your sweet spot near Taylor. How are you? Oh, you know I had an absolute blast last night. Good morning. Amid a fierce face-off between the New York Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs, some fans were just Team Taylor, with the pop star making back-to-back appearances at Chiefs games, driving a whole new population to tune into Sunday Night Football. It wasn't just any Sunday night. After a week of hype that transformed an early season football game into a blockbuster TV event, the Taylor Swift NFL takeover was complete. Her many, many fans welcomed to the game by our own Carson Daly with some help from the voice coaches. The singer cheering on Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. The excitement started hours earlier with some fans not tailgating, but rather tailor-gating. I'm super excited, much more excited to see her than I am to see any of the football players. Inside the star-studded stadium, Swift spent time with Kelsey's mom, Donna Kelsey. The two arm-in-arm, with Donna wearing her son's number 87 jersey. Swift was flanked by famous friends, including Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, Sophie Turner, and Hugh Jackman. Is it surreal to be able to see Taylor Swift in the same stadium as you guys? Yes, we're the same act. Swift's rumored romance with the Chiefs star appearing to heat up after she stunned fans by showing up to Kansas City's Arrowhead Stadium the week before. Shout out to Taylor for uh, for pulling up. That was pretty ballsy. And once word got out that Swift would be attending, ticket sales for the Chiefs-Jets game quickly doubled and prices jumped from $80 to more than $170 in the days that followed, according to online marketplace TickPick. And the football world has been leaning into Swift mania. The Chiefs even exchanging friendship bracelets ahead of the game, which they won 23-20 with their famous fan in the stands. At MetLife, some couples bonding as their worlds collide. He's a Swifty and I like football now, so our two loves are merging. And there are no signs that the Swift effect is slowing down. The Eras Tour movie and the 1989 Taylor's version album are still to come later this month. And if you need further proof of her dominance, believe it or not, more Americans are aware of Taylor Swift than the NFL, according to a morning consult study. I know. Isn't what? That, that will wow. turn your head. All right. Our next guest head. is like, la, 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 la. <laughs> Mike Tirico, the yeah. voice of NBC Sunday yeah. Night Football. <laughs> Mike, you're such a sweetheart to get up this mm-hmm. morning after your big game mm-hmm. last night. Um, so how, what was it like? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we, and we will talk about the game, but I mean, just the whole sure. Taylor mania. Mm-hmm. Did it did it affect you guys? Did it affect the, the crowd? It, it was a lot of our preparation. You, you know this, Savannah. You were at an event with all of us on Thursday night. We certainly have spent a good part of the week talking about the Taylor effect. It was one of those you had to find the right spot, right? Because there were so many Swifties who were so engaged who probably are never with us on Sunday night. So we figured we'd just kind of take care of the elephant in the room and say hi to them right at the start of the game and show her as often as we did during the game. And then there were football fans who kept saying, stop, I've seen enough of her, I want to just see the game. So somewhere in the middle is always about right. So you try for that. 
I will say that you could tell from behind the scenes, the security, the buzz, when she was arriving, all that stuff. It was a little different than you get in the lead up to most NFL games, even a game in New, in New York here. Yeah. Um, when you saw her, they were saying that in the stadium, they never showed her not one time on the Jumbotron. Was that yeah. to keep the crowd kind of focused, the Jets crowd focused on the game because it was a home game for the Jets? Probably since she's seen as a Chiefs fan there, but I was a little bit surprised they didn't sneak one shot in her for a second or two. She was directly across from where we were sitting, where our booth is on the 50-yard line on the third level, and you were at MetLife Stadium a couple of weeks ago. Uh So I'm sure the people right around there kept craning their neck, trying to take selfies, like, hey, Taylor's way in the back back behind us here. So uh, those who were near her certainly were trying to get their little glimpse of Taylor and the rest of the celebs. They brought all page six to the 50-yard line owner's suite. It was pretty cool to have all that going on last night. (laughs) Now, it was such a tight game. It was a nail-biter. And um, do you think that there are those who would say, wow, Taylor was in the stadium and therefore the focus wasn't where it should have been? I'm sure anybody can say anything, right? But uh, no, no, no. The Jets' defense is very good. Travis Kelsey didn't have a big impact on the game. Three catches early, a couple later on. But the Jets' defense is excellent, and all these NFL defenses are trying to take away the best player on the other team. Patrick Mahomes is the best of the Chiefs. He's always getting the ball to Travis Kelsey. So it's far more that than he was distracted. As a matter of fact, he was really frustrated with the offense as the game went on. Melissa Stark, our sideline reporter, kept saying, Travis is frustrated with this offense not getting going to where they have been or need to be for the game. I know you talked to Aaron Rodgers on the mm-hmm. sidelines, and he's working hard to get back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we let you go, though, Mike, tell us about next mm-hmm. Sunday. With or without Swift, we'll mm-hmm. be watching. We're your number one fan. Indeed. We wear friendship bracelets that say Mike Tirico yes. almost all the time. Savannah and her daughter made us all friendship bracelets. Mine broke, but I had the pieces with me. I brought it to the booth the just piece. for good karma. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, Swifty Mike. Juju. I, I had to do that. Uh, no, next week it's Dallas and San Francisco. Oh. There will be no Taylor effect, but it will be as good a game as we've seen to start the NFL season. Two fabulous teams. You know the power of the Cowboys. The Niners may be the best team in the NFL so far. So we're looking forward to next Sunday night. Who knows who'll be in the stadium? You'll just have to tune in to find out. All right. I'm excited. Thanks, to I'm Rico. sorry your bracelet broke, but it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. Oh, it was me. I can't. I can't stop. You, she can't. And neither can Jerico. Yeah. They had so many last night. We're very proud of you. We're, I'm going to get over it. I'll come back for next week. I promise. Bracelet <laughs> or not. All right. Thanks, Mike. Cowboys and 49ers cover <laughs> right. starts Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern on NBC and uh-huh. Peacock. Cool. All right. Still ahead, a large search and rescue mission underway for a missing swimmer after an alleged shark attack at a popular California beach. We'll have the very latest. Plus, Chloe Milas is here to get you ready for tonight's long-awaited return of late-night TV. Hey, Chloe. Chloe somewhere. Chloe. All right. Well, anyway, she's going to have a lot to talk about. We'll be back right (laughs) after this. (laughs) Back now, 742 with In-Depth Today and a closer look at the work stoppage in Hollywood. Yeah, the Screen Actors Guild is set to meet with studios and streamers today. This will be the first time they sat down and talked since this strike. And now the writers are back at work. So your favorite late night talk shows are making a Mm -hmm. return. NBC Entertainment correspondent Chloe Malas is here with all the details. Good morning. Good morning. I know we're all so excited for tonight. I certainly am. So for the first time since May, late night talk shows are going to be brand new. So hosts like The Tonight Show's Jimmy Fallon making their return to TV. But with the actors still on strike, the spotlight is shifting to some of Hollywood's biggest stars. For the first time since May, late night is making its return to TV. 
HBO becoming the first network to get talk shows up and running again. We've been off air for the last five months due to the writer's strike, which I'm very happy to say is over and even happy to say was successful. So last week tonight with John Oliver premiering last night. And over the weekend, Real Time with Bill Maher making its on-air return for the first time since the 148-day writer's strike came to an end. It's been a long time. Let's not ever be apart this long forever. <laughs> Tonight, four more hosts will bring their shows back. Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers, Jimmy Kimmel, and Stephen Colbert all back on set for their long-awaited return. Live in the Ed Sullivan Theater for the first time in five months. But the comeback comes as Hollywood is still missing some of its biggest stars. While writers are able to return to work, actors are in the midst of an 80-day strike of their own. Sources familiar with the talks say the Actors Union will meet with the AMPTP today for the first time since the strike began. The group represents studios, including NBC Universal's parent company Comcast. Several studio executives are also expected to attend. While WGA's latest contract will act as a framework outlining protections against AI and an increase in residuals from streaming, actors are also asking for other key issues, including changes to the audition process, which the union says has become unregulated and out of control. It's not how much longer can we go without work, it's how much longer can we go to get what we need. Without a deal, actors won't be able to film or even promote any new movies or TV shows, meaning it could still be months before new scripted content is released. Great to be back. I missed you too. Still, with the revival of Late Night, Tinseltown is one step closer to shining again. So Late Night is coming back, but the actors are still unable to talk about their upcoming projects. So what can we expect to see? So tricky situation. So first of all, we just want to see the fun conversations. Yeah, sure. I yeah. know I certainly do. So Seth Myers is coming back without guests. Jimmy Fallon, who we all love, yeah. he is coming back tonight with Matthew McConaughey. First yes. All right, all right, all right. All right. I had, I'm from Texas. I had to do it. So yeah. he has a new children's book out called Just Because. Uh -huh. And so everyone is just finding their way. But I can't wait for those opening monologues. I think it's just going to be such so refresh, refreshing and so many people have been waiting for this i know i've been watching so many reruns that yeah. i am ready for new shows well Good. jimmy's a man of many talents he could really take the show oh he could just could, do a whole variety show. Show. Plenty of content. also i gotta say it'll just having a good conversation yeah, with someone interesting that's not yes. necessarily about this project yes, or that yes. sounds okay cool. i know we'll take thank it you, thank you thank you guys posted on the strike let's mm -hmm. get a check of the weather from dylan guys we may have a surprise and pop start this morning about the return of late night so just, just keep that in mind. All right, let's take a look at what's going on weather-wise. We've got some storms that are popping up, and we are going to see those produce perhaps large uh, hail, gusty winds up to 60 miles per hour. Today, it's a relatively small area across eastern New Mexico and the western panhandle of Texas. But then tomorrow, it stretches out a bit, including Texas all the way up into Nebraska, large hail, damaging winds, low risk for tornadoes. But still, we can see some heavier downpours with this storm system, too. This is the cold front that's dividing the country back on the western side of it, we're running about 10 to 15, 20 degrees below average. On the eastern side of it, that's where we have those really warm temperatures, about 20 degrees above average. So you get that clash of temperatures, and that's enough to uh, spark up some of those storms. We could also see about an inch or two of rain. Some areas could see even more when you get stuck in those heavier downpours, downpours with rainfall rates up to about two inches per hour. So again, the eastern half, the eastern two-thirds of the country enjoying a lot of sunshine and temperatures well above average for the beginning of October. And that's your latest forecast. Thanks, okay, Dylan. Dylan, thank you. All right, still ahead, guys. We're launching Pink Power with the legendary Martina Navratilova. She'll share an update on her cancer journey and shine a light on the importance of early detection. 
Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. 